Welcome to another BHIA weekly podcast. My name is Bree Marinia, Senior Workplace Relations Consultant, and I'm joined by Emma Scott, also a Senior Workplace Relations Consultant. Welcome, Emma. Thanks, Bree. So, um, as everybody will be familiar, uh, we usually kick off these podcasts with a clue um, so that Emma can guess what we're talking about today. Um, so we're going to show on screen a photo. Um, and for those that are listening to this podcast rather than watching, um, Emma, could you describe the photo that's shown on screen right now? So there's a table and there's lots of people standing around that table looking at whatever is on that table, but I can't quite work out. Oh, no, actually, they're not looking at the table. They're looking at the people, each other. Looking at each other. Yeah. Um, so based on that image, um, can you have a go at what we're talking about today? Well, it looks like they're working hard, um, probably nine to five. So maybe something mm. to do with, well, not overtime, but ordinary hours of work, maybe? Oh, that's a pretty good guess. Uh, but what are they doing around that table? Um, well, there's no chairs, so they are yeah. standing. Okay, there's a hint. Um, standing, maybe. I think there's some agreements that have the, like, gender standing committee, maybe. That might be the topic. Yep, that's that's it. Um, one of our only standing committees. Um, so today we're going to be talking about the gender-based standing committee um, that's been established recently. So, um, can you tell us why was this particular committee established? Well, I'm very lucky we're doing this topic because I do know something about it because I have been attending those meetings. Um, so essentially there's three agreements, the allied health professionals, the nurses and midwives and the mental health agreement that require a gender-based standing committee to be established within three months of the agreements commencing operating. And does the committee only operate in relation to these three agreements? No, it doesn't. So although only the three agreements specifically require um, a standing committee, any of the outcomes, um, I guess, that are discussed in that committee have a broader outcome that's applicable to all the health sector employers and employees. And what's the purpose of the committee? So establishing the gender-based standing committee is a key way to drive change towards a more diverse and inclusive culture within public health employers. And it's also really demonstrating the commitment from all parties to issues of workplace gender equality um, and people that are passionate about the subject. But previously, there hasn't really been a proper platform to connect uh, with one another on those items. And do the agreements outline any specific requirements of the committee? Yeah, so they do. They're actually um, slightly different, but what we've got on screen, we've got a list of what those are. So review the audit results under the Gender Equality Act 2020. Then we've got um, promote gender equality initiatives. Then we've got identify information gaps and develop the framework to address the gaps, which might include additional audits identify and address any gender pay gaps, and then also develop and implement an action plan to address other gender-related issues such as gendered violence, including uh, sexual harassment. Okay, and how often is the committee required to meet? 
So the agreement um, stipulates that we're required to meet at least four times a year. So at the moment, we've been meeting once every two months and we just finished our last meeting in October. So this year we've met the minimum requirements for the number of meetings. And do the agreements require the committee to be comprised of certain groups? Yeah, yeah, they do. So they require that the committee um, be made in conjunction with the department and be comprised of representative CEOs or their nominees, the unions, and then also uh, us, the VHAA. So who has attended the meetings so far? So uh, even though it's only in a small number of agreements, we've invited all the relevant unions to attend. Uh, so far, we've had the ANMF, uh, VARPA, HSU and MSAV attend. Uh, and this is really instead of having separate meetings, we're all um, across it shared with all the unions for everyone that wants to be involved in the process. And what about health service representatives? Yeah, so we have a few um, individuals who attend from the Victorian Health Organisation Gender Equity Network, um, and they attend on behalf of health services. So they also separately meet every four to six weeks to discuss pragmatic approaches um, to implementing gender equality initiatives in the health service environment. And who better to have on the committee than the individuals who are undertaking the work related to the Gender Equality Act? Uh, yes, they have very valuable insights into the challenges health services face in um, improving gender equality. The committee is a mechanism for this network and others to bridge the gap and spark transparent conversations um, about the gender equality or equity issues in public health. And what have been the key agenda items for the committee so far? So there's been a significant focus on the activities of the Commission for Gender Equality in the public sector. Specifically, we've discussed key items from the 2022 baseline report. And what is the baseline report? So it essentially provides an overview of the current state and nature of gender inequality um, across the span of organisations reporting for the first time under the Gender Equality Act 2020, which is a Victorian Act. Um, so it does have other sectors, but it does obviously include um, health services. And what it does is it provides insights on where the challenges and the gaps are for progressing gender equality and um, focusing on efforts to improve them. And what data did the report include? So the baseline report summarised the data into five chapters of indicators, uh, which we've just got on the screen. So workforce gender composition and segregation, equal pay, workplace sexual harassment, recruitment and promotion practices, leave and flexible work. Um, we could probably talk for, for hours, um, but the podcast does need to be short and sweet. But um, could you just touch on some notable findings from each of these chapters of the report? Yeah, yep. So we've got um, across some of them. So the first one, we've got workforce, gender, composition and segregation. So 78% of the public health employees are women compared to 66% of broader public sector. However, women are underrepresented in full-time and leadership roles. When it comes to equal pay, the statewide gender pay gap has increased in Victoria and it rose from 11.2% in November 2020 20 to 14.3 percent in 2021. Then in terms of workplace sexual harassment, 7 percent of women and 4 percent of men reported experiencing sexual harassment in the preceding 12 months. 
with uh, formal reporting of workplace sexual harassment though is very low and that only 17 of respondents made a formal complaint about the sexual harassment that they had experienced. For recruitment and uh, promotion practices, uh, for recruitments and exits, rec for recruitment, 75% of women, 25% of men. With exits, it's got 73% women and then 27% men, closely um, matching the gender balance of the workforce there. Um, and then essentially there's just some highlights there that more data is required to understand the impact of gender bias in recruitment and promotion practice on gender diverse people and women uh, with intersectional attributes. Then uh, leave and flexible work. The prevalence of formal flexible working arrangements is 24% with 83% of those on formal flexible work arrangements being women. So that's a relatively high number there. Then you've got on average women's parental leave lasted eight times longer than men's. Um, the average weeks were 28 for women and three for men, which is obviously quite different there. And then of those who access carers leave, uh, the bigger proportion was women being 68%. So in addition to the baseline report, BHIA has also reviewed some of the gender equality plans. Yeah, we did. So we reviewed uh, 15 health services gender equality action plans covering metro, rural and regional health services. And what we did was we presented some slides on the seven indicators that the uh, Gender Equality Commission recommends and what we thought were um, themes across the health services within those uh, indicators. And was there a major theme across the indicators? Yeah, so I think there was one major theme that came across all of the indicators and it was really around the data collection of information related to the indicators. So, for example, indicator one um, was gender composition of the workforce and there was stuff around building gender um, equity, diversity and or inclusion into workforce planning, including the data collection. So really about going through a process of having systems in place. So then uh, that enables health services to more easily report on um, progress throughout the, the reporting time periods. And um, what other activities has the committee undertaken? So as a key enabler to gender equality, unions express particular interest in access to flexible work arrangements. So uh, the VHA has consulted with the committee in relation to the development of a best practice guide for flexible working arrangements, which is based on the nurses and midwives um, guide that had already been developed a while ago. And does this guide include the recent changes to the National Employment Standards? Yeah, it does. So it, um, what's it, what it's got in there is adding that pregnancy is a circumstance that entitles to an employee to... Um, request a flexible work arrangement and then also um, tighten the circumstances around when employers can refuse, uh, including that you have to meet before um, any refusal may occur. So we hope to settle that uh, soon and issue that to the, the field once that consultation is closed out. Great. And can we anticipate gender equity to be a key theme in the next bargaining round? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we've already seen the nurses and midwives have made some um, claims in that space around gender. And then what we're 
we're really looking forward to see um, what else comes from the unions in time in terms of ideas to try and improve gender equality. Great. Thanks for taking us through the Gender Equity Standing Committee. Thanks, Bree. Thank you.